Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, all of my beautiful freaking people? Welcome to another episode of FML Talk. It is the first of the month. We are kicking it off with a motherfucking solo episode. So sit back, grab a cocktail, and welcome to FML Talk. Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19. Can you believe that shit? Hey, this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. I did not in chapter six. <gasps> he did what? 48 hours? What a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on her Instagram? And this is FML Talk. Oh, no, she didn't. You guys, I got to tell you, I really love this new format we're doing where we kick off each month with a solo episode because I have missed being able to just sit down and shoot the shit with you and take the pressure off, answer some of your questions, talk to my people. It's just good. It's good vibes. I love it. I, I really am enjoying it. I'm also very fucking glad that we're not doing this show visually anymore. As much as it was like nice to cut together like these pristine fun trailers to like build the drama and stuff, that shit was a lot of work. And right now I am in my office, my new office, with all three of my dogs sleeping. We'll see how long they behave in my gym clothes that I still have not showered from since I came home and looking like a hot fucking mess. And I wouldn't want it any other way. This is how I thrive. This is my love language. Me being like this in all of my glory, shooting the shit with all of my FMLers. I will say normally when I do a solo episode, I just like let it run and don't pause it and stop it in between too much. I have to do that to breathe now, you guys. <laughs> I'm pregnant and it's like talking consistently without taking breaths and breaks has become a full-time job. It's fucking hard. So it's been a different dynamic to sit down and just like pop out a solo episode for 45 minutes. No big deal. It's a little different now, <laughs> but things are changing and all of those changes are exciting and wonderful and fantastic. So first up today, I want to talk to you guys about something new that I launched. I know some of you listening are already a part of it and reaping all of the amazing benefits of it but I'm going to give you the lowdown really quickly. We've been doing the mini bonus episodes on Patreon for quite a while now. I think we're on season like seven or eight, maybe even nine. And they're fucking gold. Like we have really fun guests on. Some seasons are just like wild, dirty little secrets that I have people come on and spill. Some are just me giving you like real golden nuggets of like FML's Guide to Therapy and how to fucking heal. So it's a myriad of things. There was one whole season where I gave you like serious tea on the ridiculous misadventures of a single girl and all of that jazz. It's it's just good stuff. But we've recently restructured the Patreon. So this is what it looks like now. You can join for $7 a month. That gives you all the mini bonus episodes. You can go back and binge all of them at your leisure. And a new one releases every week. You get access to the private self-love Facebook group 
where there's like a bunch of FMLers making lifelong friendships and like having a supportive community. There's like daily prompts and inspiration stuff in there. And I keep you guys in the loop of everything and 10% off all your merch. That's tier one. You can also join tier two, which is the VIP tier for $10 a month. And you get all of that shit that you get on the first tier. But you also get added to my close friends group on Instagram. And guys, I'm not saying to join this tier just because of that. But I've been having so much fucking fun (laughs) doing these close friend stories because I feel like it's like now... I think there's like 70 people on there right now as of the date that I'm recording this because we just switched everything over. So it's a much smaller space to like blast all my shit out. to, (laughs) And we've been doing like more behind the scenes of like the pregnancy stuff and like some of the video reveals that I'm never going to post publicly that, you know, I know a lot of people really wanted to see getting like house tours and like the nursery sneak peeks and all of that. But the biggest part of that and sorry to be like dramatic and not really tell you up front what it is. There's been a really big secret that I've been keeping in my life that is FML related that has been a very long time coming and a big deal. And although we are still in the process of bringing that to life, I've chosen to take that group, my close friends group of FMLers on the journey with me and see a lot of the behind the scenes process as that comes to fruition, if you will. And that I know a lot of you guys are going to be very, very fucking excited about because I am very fucking excited about it. It's probably the biggest thing, the biggest news in the FML world since like the last book dropped. We'll just leave it at that. And on that tier, you also get a weekly blog post style email from me that makes you kind of feel like you're reading an excerpt of Eat, Pray, FML, but they all have little like mini life lessons in them to kind of like kick your week off in the most fantastical way possible. So if you want to join in on that party, you can go to patreon.com slash FML talk and you select either the $7 tier or the $10 tier. It's super easy. You'll get a welcome email. It'll tell you how to join the Facebook group. If you are joining the $10 VIP one, please then shoot me a DM and be like, yo, bitch, I signed up. I'm a VIP and I will add you to the close friend stories so you can get all the goodies on there. I'm wiling out over there. I got to be honest. Like I have no, as as much as you guys think I have no filter on my regular Instagram, like that's taking it to a whole nother level. I feel too safe with you guys is what it is. There's just some shit you can't share on the internet, you know, like there's just things you don't want to come back and bite you in the ass. And if you do join that club, the first rule of fight clubs, you don't fucking talk about fight clubs. So there's no screenshotting. There's no fucking talking about it with friends. Like you are in the secret society of FMLers. And that is where all of that goodness information stays. I also really quickly want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart. So many of you have DM'd me asking for our registry or finding it just by your own sleuthing skills on the internet and have sent us like some really beautiful fucking gifts off of our registry. Like I 
the past month, I have felt like every time I come home, it's Christmas. And I mean, I, I totally appreciate the gifts, but what I appreciate even more are the little notes that come with them saying that you wanted to give Tay and I something to start this new chapter because I helped you guys so much with your past chapters in your life. And it's just been so fucking touching. Like truly you guys, I know we talk about having boundaries and shit, but I do feel like you are all my best friends and I love you and appreciate you so much for the continued love and support that you guys show me. It's one thing to like post an announcement and be like, I'm pregnant, I'm getting married, I'm engaged on the internet and all your friends are like, oh my God, we're so happy for you. But when you have an entire fucking army of people that you've never actually met that are so over the moon excited for you and championing you on this journey. Like, I can't tell you how special that has been with just like feeling that love and support from you guys. So I love you. Thank you. And I don't know what I would do without you all. All right, let's dig into uh, some of the questions, topics, advice, all of the stuff you guys submitted for today's solo episode. We're going to start with some book questions because there were a handful of related ones. (laughs) Third book ever on your radar. I can't tell you how many comments when we posted about the wedding or the pregnancy were like, rah, third book. Yeah. And it's like, I love you guys so much, but like, what am I going to write? And then we got pregnant (laughs) and then we had a wedding. (laughs) So yes, I will eventually write a third book. However, I want to like live a little bit more life first before I do that. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened since the end of The Ridiculous Misadventures, but there's so much more that's coming. And this third book, I want to be more of like picking and choosing different moments in my life to write about and share about and then reflect on as opposed to like a full like two year, three year timeline of like, you know, what happened next in my life? I can't just keep doing that forever. I mean, I could, but like parts would be pretty fucking boring. Like Tay and I are so happy it's boring right now. (laughs) But I promise eventually there will be a third, but not anytime soon. So I don't want you guys like sitting there holding your breath. We got other things in the works for you, though. Okay, there's other things coming down the pipeline that will hold you over until the release of, of an eventual book three. I promise. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no cleanup meals. I have really been off the wagon with my eating since having my son. And for my health, my wellness, and my mental sanity, I have been switching my dinners to more healthy options from Factor. They have 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, so I never get bored. And Tay is continuously shocked every time he sits down to eat one because they are so freaking tasty. They have breakfast, lunches, dinners, and desserts. It's a treat to have restaurant-quality food that is so easy to prepare and doesn't come with the insane Postmates bill. 
Head to factormeals.com slash FMLTalk50 and use code FMLTalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code FMLTalk50 at factormeals.com slash FMLTalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy, FMLers. Has Javier reached out at all lately? When's the last time you spoke with him? <sighs> so it's really interesting because I just posted a TikTok responding to someone's comment. And I know this doesn't apply to the people that are listening to this podcast and that are following me and supporting me. But whenever I post a video that has anything to do with either of my exes, I get a handful, like five to seven to 10 comments of people being like, why do you always talk about your ex? This is all you fucking talk about. Or there's the occasional, I love you, but like, can we please move on to the next chapter? Like, we don't need to keep hearing about your ex. And what people don't understand is that like, let's just call it exactly what it is. It's fucking marketing. I'm not showing up on TikTok to like, create this like, crazy social media presence because like I love being on TikTok and I love creatively making videos like no that's not what it is I shoot these videos that talk about my story and talk about the book because they go super fucking viral and they sell a lot of books and when I sell a lot of books I a make a living and b help people fucking heal which is the entire point of me being on the app in the first place so that being said <laughs> <laughs> I always like toe the line with like how much I'm going to continue talking about these men in my life. I also really truly feel that they have both Daniel and Javier just become characters in my story at this point. I am so incredibly detached from those men and the parts they played in my past that like it's like talking about a movie character or your neighbor or someone that like you don't have that charge to. So for me, it's like not even a fucking thing anymore. But that being said, I get that people are invested and they read the books and blah, blah, blah. So to answer this question, the last time I spoke to Javier was when we were getting ready to release. I was in the edit process of The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. I will not go into what that conversation entailed. If you want to hear about that specific conversation, it's on the Patreon mini episodes. And I believe it's season three. That's like the director's cut of the book. And I do go into detail about what that conversation was like and what that experience was like for me. But I will say that it was not great. It was not super great. <laughs> I think that. Everybody, not everybody, obviously not Daniel, but everybody for the most part was very supportive of book one because they didn't realize what a big fucking deal it was going to be. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Do you still keep in contact with most of the travel friends you've met along your journey? Some, not all. I'm not going to try and name them right now because I'm going to butcher their character name versus their real name. Okay, I'll try. Mallory from Barcelona, still keep in contact with her. Carly in Australia, like uh, we are all like Instagram people and we will DM occasionally. I do 
you know, keep up with things going on in Chris's life that I can't specify because you guys are crazy and you'll go stalk him and know who I'm talking about. (laughs) But like, I always have so much love for him. Jason, who I am doing pretty good right now, actually, with the character names, uh, who I met in Amsterdam and then reconnected with in Mykonos, like always like random like DMs and texts with him. So yeah, I do. And then Nina, who I met in Thailand in the Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. She's like one of my very good friends now. And we met up in Slovenia when I went to Europe last summer. And you guys saw pictures of her on my Instagram. That is Nina. That is who I shroomed with. Sorry to put you on blast, girl. Love you much. (laughs) All right. That's all the book questions we're going to do. We're going to get into some more advice type stuff. This is such a great question. And it actually came in a couple different times. So I don't know what's up in the air, but we're going to address it. Is a prenup a red flag? Another one of the the questions submitted was, my boyfriend wants a prenup whenever we get married. He's previously divorced. Is this a red flag? Look, I am not a divorce attorney. I am not an expert. I am Gabrielle Stone. I am just giving you my fucking opinions. That being said, You are fucking dumb if you don't get a prenup. I don't know what the fuck this is about like, oh, if we get a if if someone asks me for a prenup, that means that like they're not sure they're going to be with me forever or it means they're fucking smart. Like you best fucking believe that when Tay and I were like, we're getting married, like, yeah, we're going to do this thing forever. We were like, and we're also getting a prenup (laughs) because if anyone can tell you it's Tay or I just because you're happy and super in love and everything's fucking sunshine and rainbows and unicorns coming out your ass when you get married doesn't mean that shit always stays like that. It's honestly just for protection. And if you're so confident in your relationship to be like, we're never going to break up, so none of this is going to matter, then like, what's the problem with doing it? Does that mean it's not uncomfortable? No, of course it's uncomfortable. Like, Tay and I just had to do our fucking like living will trust where it's like, well, if this person dies, then who gets this? And if these people all die and like the whole fucking world's gone to shit, then who gets this, this and this? It's super fucking uncomfortable. It's never fun to like go through the process, but it does give you peace of mind to know that those are in place because what's worse than like going through those uncomfortable conversations and like getting a prenup put in place is when you are in the the thick of it and you have to trust other people who are also in the thick of it to make the right decision. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> just take it from someone who has been divorced. Like, it's just cleaner and safer to have a prenup. That is not a red flag, let me assure you, especially if he's been married and divorced before. Like, people are just trying to protect themselves. And if you love and respect the other person, you want them to be protected anyways. There's so many different ways of structuring prenups. You don't have to go in and be like, everything's yours, everything's mine. You can, but it's just a security for the other person's peace of mind. I know people that have done prenups that has a clause in there that says if they cheat, all of this is null and void and they don't get shit. So there's so many different ways. You can literally create the type of contract you want, but I do not under any circumstance think that's a red flag. Are there exceptions to that rule where like the person's like a money hungry asshole and he's like, well, I need you to sign this because I don't trust you and da da da. Then you should go to therapy because like that's a different situation. But for the most part, it's just people trying to protect themselves and to have peace of mind that like 
everything's good because who knows, you could go batshit crazy on them in five years and fuck their entire life up. You know, you just don't know. So no, I don't think it's a red flag at all. Moving back in with parents after a divorce. Well, girl, let me tell you, in 2017, when I went through all of my shit, I obviously moved straight back to my mother's house. When I got the call from Javier about going on the trip by himself, I was sitting on my bed in my old childhood bedroom with like tears streaming down my face and was like, cool, not only am I being broken up with a second time, I'm also like at my mother's house not paying rent because I'm getting a divorce. Cool. (laughs) Go me. I think that's a totally fucking normal feeling to have. So my answer to that is go back to your parents' house if that's what's going to, A, make you feel better if you have a good relationship with your parents and that's like your safe space. Fucking move on back for a little while. Save some money. Like get back on your feet. I was at my mom's house for I think a year when I went through the divorce before I decided to like get my own apartment. Like I needed time to like recoup some money and like figure out what the fuck was happening with my life and like get my footing again. That is totally valid. That being said, have some grace with yourself because those feelings of like, oh my God, I'm a fucking failure. I can't believe I'm back at my parents' house again. Like those are normal. Like also remind yourself that there are people who are still at their parents' house who never moved out to begin with. So you're a step ahead of them. And also no shame. Like if that situation works for you, you know, Godspeed. I could never, I love my mom to death. I could never actually like live in the same house as her 24 seven. I would, we would both go fucking bananas. I hope she doesn't listen to this. She might feel differently. I don't know. Anyways. So I, I totally resonate with that uncomfortable feeling, but I think it's the same thing that goes when you get a divorce and you have that, like that shame and that guilt and that, what are people going to think? And I'm a failure. All of those things are society telling you that that's how you're supposed to fucking feel. That's not accurate. You're not a fucking failure. You are leaving a bad situation and having a new beginning. You shouldn't feel embarrassed. You are choosing yourself. You shouldn't feel shame. You are removing yourself from a toxic situation that was not going to work. So all of those things that society tells you, oh, this is how you should feel when, it's okay to feel them because that's been what's been implemented on us, but you don't need to take those to heart. You can give yourself some grace and be like, actually, this is all bullshit and not the narrative that's correct. And I don't need to feel all of these feelings. That's my two cents on the the divorce and moving back in with parents. This is a good question, and it's obviously something that is relevant in my life right now, so I wanted to touch on this. Blending families, adding a child while not forgetting the older ones. I think this is really important, and I want to share some of the things that Tay and I have done to make sure his daughter doesn't feel left out or like a new baby's coming and we're getting left behind. Also, I'm just going to side tangent for a second (laughs) because hi, this is a solo episode. So if you guys saw the TikTok I posted of Junie or Blue or however you've come to know Tay's daughter, I posted a video on my TikTok of her seeing her room for the first time. It was really like a beautiful fucking moment and it like went super fucking viral, was not expecting it to. Anyways, 
all of the people on the in the comment section for 90% of it per usual they were amazing and everybody was like oh my god this healed my inner child and this is the sweetest thing i've ever seen but guys there was a solid 10% that were so fucking furious with me that i phrased it mind you this was before like right before we got married it was the week we got married that i phrased the beginning of the video we hadn't told my husband's daughter that we moved. I mean, people were fucking triggered. Like, it was like, what do you mean your husband's daughter? Like, so you're not claiming her? She's not yours? Like, I can't believe you would call her that. You should say stepdaughter. You should say my daughter. You should say da-da-da-da-da. Like, everybody has fucking opinions on the goddamn internet, especially on TikTok. I was so blown away. First of all, a lot of people in the comments then came to my defense and was like, you guys are fucking cuckoo, like who hurt you as a child. But I grew up as a stepkid. My dad, my mom and my stepdad got married when I was nine. And he is still very much so my dad. We were just with him in Taos, New Mexico. He was at my wedding. He walked me down the aisle in my first wedding. Like he is my dad. And I don't ever introduce him as my stepdad. That's because I feel good enough with him to call him my dad. I also didn't have my other dad walking around, hanging out, being like, oh, cool, go call that guy your dad. Like he was gone. So it was a little different dynamic. So when I was responding to these fucking comments, I was like, well, I do it A, to be respectful of her mother because she is, in fact, her mother. So like, I would never call myself her mother, even though I play a mother role in her life now. And I do have qualities of that. But like, I would never say I'm her mother because she has a mother. A, so it's out of respect for her. B, Junie and I have talked a lot about like what I'm referred to as what I call her. I call her my bonus kid. Like we just like have never really vibed with the term step. That's not like, I don't know, it just maybe it's because I grew up watching Cinderella. It just like makes me feel like evil stepmom vibes. <laughs> so we've never really like she usually just calls me peanut, you know, and I call her pinky. And that's like how it is. And then lastly, like regardless of how people feel about the term husband's daughter, like she is, in fact, my husband's daughter. She did, in fact, like she was made out of his sperm. Like that is his child. That is his spawn. Like it's not an incorrect term to say my husband's daughter. It doesn't mean I'm not like fucking claiming her. It just simply means like to clarify in this video, this is not the child that I bore and raised. Anyways, side tangent on that. I really do think it's from most of those comments were coming from people that grew up with a shitty step parent and they were triggered by like, oh, my stepmom was an asshole or stepdad didn't love me. And like now I'm going to like react towards what this is like bringing up within me. But I digress. So blending families and adding a child and making sure the older established child doesn't feel left out or forgotten about. So. I really was like cognizant of this and wanted to be very sensitive. When we told Junie about the baby, we were like, oh, God, this could go either way. Even her mom was like, be prepared for anything. Like, I don't know how she's going to take this. I We talked about it on the last solo episode, like that she like burst into tears and like came and jumped into my lap. And it was like this like really beautiful moment. But I still wanted to make sure 
through each step, like, you know, a lot's been changing in our lives very quickly. We bought our new house and moved and then we're getting married. We got married and, you know, it's been a lot of big life events. She's moving back in June and then this baby's coming. So it's been a lot. She's been really excited about all of it, but I still have been like, how can I make sure she feels really included? So the first step of that was to really take care in designing her room. We left the nursery, didn't even do anything to that until recently. Now we're we're really starting to like put that room together. But I wanted her room to be the priority. I wanted it to be like fully done when she first got here and walked into it. We like really took care with like little details and like making it this like safe space for her to really feel good about and like have this dream room that made her feel really special. So we checked that off the list. Mission was like massively accomplished with that. She's obsessed with it. And like when she's here, she never wants to leave it. And secondly, it was making sure she was involved in different parts of the wedding. Still, I will say this. It's so funny because I like sometimes I record stuff and I'm like, is she eventually going to listen to all of these episodes like one day when she's far past 18? Like, God help us all. (laughs) But I will say we were trying to involve her in the wedding as much as possible, but still had to have boundaries in that. And I'll get into what I mean by that. So, you know, I had her get ready with me. We like it was very chill. It was just her, me and the makeup girl at our house. And her dad went to have like boy time with all of like his friends that were in town. I came up with the idea of like having her do a first look with Tay before I did my first look with Tay. I know you guys like saw that in the wedding video that's on my Instagram and really just like being involved in pictures and like taking care of making sure she felt included. At first, she was like, I want to walk down the aisle with dad. And I had a really, I was really, you know, sure of the fact that one thing, because I didn't care a lot about what happened in this wedding. I was very like, okay, sure, whatever. Whatever makes everybody happy, it's fine. Like this color's fine, great, flowers, whatever. But I really did want to walk down the aisle with Tay. I don't know why that was such a thing for me. And I'm glad I stuck to my guns about it because it is one of mine and Tay's favorite moments of that whole day was walking out together, holding hands and seeing everybody like there that loved and supported us and like reacting to that. Like we both burst into tears. It was really special. So I was like, okay, that's important to me. How can I still make Junie feel included in this? And we were like, okay, well, let's have her walk down the aisle with the two most important women in both of our lives, which was my mom and Tay's aunt, who is his late mother's sister, who has really been like the mother figure in his life. So she walked down with the two of them and it was like this like perfect happy compromise that everybody was stoked on. The other thing that came up with the boundary setting in the weddings is, when we were like, yeah, and then we're going to do a cupcake gender reveal and we're going to figure out like what the gender is and announce it with everybody. And she was like, I want a cupcake because, you know, she's 10. And we were like, well, it's kind of just something that like the bride and the groom have to do to really reveal it. But you can stand up there with us and, you know, it'll be a really great moment. So that was another thing that we kind of had to like, you know, pump the brakes on. And then lastly, this was not to like be taking all the credit, but I remember when I told Tay this idea, he like got teary in the car. Tay's very sensitive, guys. (laughs) Like if there's like 
a, a sick dog on the television. Like I'm laying on his chest and he's fucking pitter pattering. But um, I was telling him this idea in the car. I was like, I want, you know, when we do our first dance, we'll have the sparklers and it's to that Moulin Rouge song and da, 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 da. And I think like we were playing the song in the car and I was like, and this is the moment where I think we should look at Junie and like tell her to come in and like finish the dance with us. And he was like, oh, bah, 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 bah. That's so sweet. And I was like, yeah, I know. I'll be here all day. Um, but that was a really great way to take our moment as husband and wife and like have this wonderful dance between the two of us for like three minutes. And then the last like 25, 30 seconds, have her come in and share that moment with us. And it made it really special and unique. So little things like that, I think, are ways that you can start making sure like they're feeling loved and appreciated and taken care of before the new child gets brought into the mix. And that goes for if you're marrying into a family with other kids or a new baby is coming, like any of the above. And then obviously when that new child is introduced, like making sure that they feel included, that they feel like they're a helper, that they have a like a purpose in this new relationship, like and, you know, that jealousy and those types of thoughts and feelings are totally valid and OK. And so to not stifle that if they start expressing things like that and to really like have open communication and talk about it, because look, guys, like I can give you all the advice that we're using, but we're all just floundering through this fucking thing that we call life like nobody really knows what they're doing. We just have to act with compassion and grace and love. Okay, this next question, I feel like we've touched on a little bit in past solo episodes, but it bears repeating. So here we go. Breakup advice, how to know if it's time to let go of a person or relationship. You guys, I cannot tell you how many DMs I get being like, Gabrielle, I need advice. Here's the situation. Like I've been with this person and I'm comfortable, but like, I know like all my needs aren't being met and he like he or she won't do this or they won't go to therapy with me or it's still a struggle when we try and communicate. If you are sitting there, this again, my advice, <laughs> my opinion, my experience, not end all be all. If you are sitting around contemplating, should I leave this person Am I not fulfilled in my relationship? Is it time to throw in the towel? That's a really good indicator that something either needs to change fucking ASAP or it might be time to leave the relationship. So, so many people get comfortable in relationships and then don't want to leave just because it's like, well, what would I do? Just start all over again or I don't want to be alone or I like the comfort like when it's good, it's good. But guys, bottom line, life is too fucking long and also too fucking short to not be happy. Like that's just the bottom line. So if you are one of those people that's saying, you know, I really wish we would be able to go to therapy, but like there's no way they'll ever go with me. Or I'm happy 50 or 60% of the time and the other 50, 40 is fucking miserable. That's not a good ratio. Okay. I know people say relationships are hard work. Relationships take work. It should not be hard. That is a fucking bullshit myth that we have been fed. 
do things come up in life that you need to work through that are hard situations that you have to deal with and like work through as a partnership? Of course. That doesn't mean it should be hard all the time. Tay and I are fucking wildly happy 90% of the time. And out of the other 10%, two of that percentage is us fighting about stupid shit. And 8% of that 10 is stuff that's out of our control. That's like other people in the equation and like stressors that come from outside sources. Relationships, if you are in a relationship and you are not happy, at least, at least 60 to 70 percent of the time, like it's time to seriously reevaluate that. And I would say 70, fuck 60. Like that's not even a good enough ratio. 70 is like the bare minimum. If you're not at that, it's time to reevaluate things. So that's the long fucking winded answer of nobody can tell you, hey, now it's time to get the fuck out of a relationship. It's based on the person. It's based on you. Do you feel disrespected? Do you feel not fulfilled? Do you feel like you could be with someone who could meet your needs better and you would be a better match to? Like, what is it? within you that's even prompting that question in the first place and start to fucking thought onion that shit and get to the root of what it is because maybe it's about you and it's something that you need to look at and fix and heal or maybe it's about the other person and it's time to leave that relationship. This is a really interesting question. How do you work on the regret and guilt if you were the one that cheated in a relationship before? So I want you to try and look at it as if it's anything that you need to forgive yourself for. It doesn't need to be like the worst of the worst thing. Try and take some of the emotional charge out of it and look at it like you fucked up and dropped the ball at work. I need to forgive myself for that. Like any of the things that we do in our life or I hurt someone's feelings on accident because I said the wrong thing, like things that are not as I wonder if you guys can hear Charles Bronson just fucking snoring on my floor right now, like an old man, just like he sounds like a goddamn human just snoring away. Sorry. (laughs) Dog mom life. You want to try and take some of the charge out of that initially to start allowing yourself to move into that forgiveness. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's going to take some time and you eventually whether it's doing your own healing work or speaking to the person and like legitimately apologizing, like whatever you need to do to absolve yourself from some of that guilt is the first step. Once you've done that, you have to genuinely make the conscious decision to forgive yourself and let go. Because there is so much more that you need to have in your life. Like if you know that you have learned the lessons and you have really like taken responsibility and taken accountability for your actions, you don't need to keep holding that over your own head. It's going to keep you from making bigger strides in the future and creating new pathways and new relationships. I'm going to read you guys a little excerpt from the Fuck Off I'm Healing journal, which if you're listening to this and you have not bought this journal and you have not sat down to work through it, 
that is my biggest piece of advice for you. It will be uncomfortable, but it will be life-changing and you will fucking thank me later. This is the section on forgiveness. One of the hardest things I've ever done was forgive. Not my ex-husband or the man who broke my heart or even the people who up and died on me, though I'm happy to say I have forgiven them all. No, the hardest thing I have ever done was forgive myself for becoming the very thing I strived so hard not to be and for breaking the heart of someone I loved. The path to self-forgiveness was ruthless and I made myself pay. Until one day, sitting in Southeast Asia, I realized something massive. There was no fucking point. Keeping myself in purgatory was not going to change anything. In fact, it was only creating more of what I didn't want. People do fucked up shit, and a lot of them don't deserve forgiveness. Newsflash, the forgiveness is not for them. Anger, resentment, hate, it will kill you. Are you ready to die? No? Then it's time to forgive. Let me teach you how. Now, you guys, the prompts that happen after this that walk you through how, like, who are the people you need to forgive? What have they done that impacted your life? Can you feel the pain and the anger and the frustration when you write about it? Like, and really like starting to work some of that out, that can all be directed at an outside source or it can all be directed right back at you. You have to work through that. You have to take accountability. You have to meet yourself where you are and allow yourself to feel shitty about whatever it is you've done. And then you have to make the conscious choice to let it go. It's as simple and as difficult as that because I have fucking been through it. So I know how difficult it can be. We're going to end with this question before we jump into your FML stories because I, I, I loved this when I saw it come in. How to start getting out of your comfort zone, not talking about it, but being about it. Look, guys, our comfort zones are all wildly different. If you come up to something in your life that you go, ooh, that feels uncomfortable, and I have a little bit of fear around that. Within reason, I'm not saying like if you walk up to the side of the bridge and you're like, oh shit, like I should scoot back, like don't jump, okay? I'm talking about things that come up in your life, like starting that business you've always dreamed of or sitting down and writing a book, but you don't know where to start or any of the things that come up to you in your life and you're like, ooh, I, I feel fear and I wanna retreat. Force yourself to walk through those. Whenever there is fear, when you can walk through it, there is fucking magic on the other end. I promise you that. I mean, I can give you all the examples of I was scared of shit to go to Europe, still got on the fucking plane. Look how that changed my life. I was nervous about writing the book and putting that all out there publicly, still did that. Look at how that fucking changed and like created this new life that I have. Like, Whenever and it can you can start really small, like if you're like, ooh, the thought of going to dinner by myself like freaks me out. Go do it. Go do it. The thought of going to a bar and like striking up a conversation with someone like that makes me nervous. Go do it. 
So you literally sit down and write a list about all the shit that you'd be like, oh, fuck, I don't, I wouldn't want to do that. Like, I wouldn't want to go to a cooking class or I wouldn't want to, you know, go take this course on business so that I can like launch this idea I've had for X amount of years. Like any of those things, sit down and write those lists and start doing them. Start being like, okay, I'm sick of living in the comfort. I'm sick of being scared of shit. I am going to force myself out of my fucking comfort zone. Which task are we doing this week? Just make yourself do it. It's like the self-love cocktail, but like ballsy and like comfort zone vibes. <laughs> Sit down and make a list of the stuff that makes you uncomfortable and then choose what you're going to tackle that week, that month, whenever. Make it a new exciting thing. Take yourself to the beach and like go on a date with yourself. Like whatever it is that is going to get you through that fear because I promise you that is where the magic shit happens. Can you imagine if everybody in our world didn't do things they were afraid of? Half the fucking movies we love wouldn't have been made. The inventions that we like can't live without would have never gotten made. Like huge change in our world would have never happened if people were like, mm, yeah, I'm a little scared about that. I'm going to I'm going to pass. Make yourself do it. Start small, go big, walk through the fucking fear. Okay, it is about that time. We are going to hop in to one of your FML stories. Hi, Gabrielle. Love your books. Thanks, girl. Here is my FML story. Back in 2020, my husband told his coworkers that I had died. Oh, my God, that I had died from cancer. Whew. This was confirmed by one of his coworkers. I had no idea until I found out he started dating another coworker in January 2022 who actually believed he was a widower. Holy shit. I moved out the next day. My husband told me he ended things with her to fix things with me, but two weeks later, I found out he was still with her. At this time, we already had an online marriage counseling appointment scheduled, so we logged on anyway. The marriage counselor did not understand why we were in a session with him since my husband had not yet ended things with the other girl, and I apparently looked pissed during the entire session. After that day, I found out the other girl's number and texted her that I'm alive. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> I mean, ironic. Texted her that I'm alive. This ended their relationship. Good on her. I would fucking hope so. My husband insisted he and I stay married. He continued to attempt to fix things with me. Then in May of 2022, one of my coworkers told me that my husband messaged her on Match.com. He told her that he was already divorced. When I confronted my husband, he said finding someone on Match.com was his backup plan in case I divorced him. I filed for divorce a week later. Fuck yeah, girl. I wanted to file for divorce earlier, but I lost my dad to cancer in March of 2022 and just did not have the emotional energy to grieve him and my marriage at the same time. Ooh, I feel that. I do. Oh, I'm sending you love. Anyway, since my husband did not participate in the paperwork process, I'm currently waiting for a Zoom court hearing to be scheduled to finalize the divorce. Thank you for your inspiration. I found you and your books at the perfect time. I just got back from a solo trip to Thailand, and I can't wait to plan my next one, aiming for Peru and the Galapagos Islands. Yes, Rosette. Woo! Oh my God, girl. I am so fucking 
proud of you. I love that that ended with an epic solo journey. What a piece of work your fucking husband was, man. Wow. That like the, the opening sentence of that story like almost knocked me off my fucking couch. I am so proud of you for recognizing within yourself that you needed to take a beat because you couldn't grieve the loss of your father and your marriage at the same time. That is really honorable. And I'm proud that you gave yourself that time to really be with yourself and do it the right way. And fuck yeah for going to the going to Thailand, booking the solo travel. Oh my God. So much love to you, girl. Um I I am so, so happy to hear that you are living and thriving your best life. All right, my FMLers, I fucking love doing these solo episodes with you guys. I am happy to say that we, we as in Tay and I figured out a way to swing a baby moon after all. So we are going to Hawaii in a couple weeks. And I'm sure on next month's solo episode, I will be able to download you on all of the uh, adventures and love and lessons that that island brought out of us because it always fucking does. I really, again, appreciate you guys so much being here and your love and your support. And just being on this fucking journey with me has been so special. And I am happy that you guys are getting so much out of the content that I put out. Please continue to send any requests or messages that you have for the solo episodes whenever I put the question box up on my Instagram story. That is where you can drop questions, advice, anything you want to hear discussed on the solos. And I am happy to dig into it. I love you guys. All right, FMLers, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatprayfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. Welcome to As a Woman, Fertility Hormones and Beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.